Welcome back to Fitness Unplugged After Hours FAQs. We are two trainers from Indiana answering client questions from the previous week to help provide answers and perspective on common health and wellness topics. I'm Adam Jacobson from Uberfit. I'm Danielle DeRochick with Black Diamond Strength, and let's get into it. Okay, so I'm going first today. Um, One of my clients actually messaged me last night and her little blurb here was today after my walk and after my workout, I had oatmeal and fruit for breakfast. I had to run pretty quick after that, but I was still starving. I ended up taking some chicken that we cooked yesterday and then bought a cheese stick. What more should I have eaten in the first place to prevent the hunger? So, um, one of the things that her and I are working on are actually starting to track her macros a little bit. So she's, she's just started tracking over the last four days. So this is fairly new for her. Um, but I'm really glad that she noticed and reflected on the fact that she was hungry, um, and, and asked this question right away because, um, most people think that yes, fruit and oatmeal, great breakfast, not a bad thing to start eating. Um, and I'm never going to knock those things. So I told her that, First off, amazing choices, and I don't want to do anything with those. I want you to still eat them and have them as a part of your breakfast. However, with her new goal of 115 grams of protein, I told her I want you to make sure to get in 30 grams of protein for breakfast. You can do that with the oatmeal and fruit, or if you feel like it's too much food, we can move the oatmeal or the fruit to like a snack throughout the day. But one of the things I want to make sure you do is that first meal needs to have high protein Um, and the reason for that is when she starts to feel hungry and maybe um, irritable or you know something like that throughout the day it's usually because that blood sugar is dropping from that spike everyone's blood sugar spikes after they eat a meal Um, but these two things fruit and oatmeal are higher carbs and they're going to have that spike you don't have anything to bind to those carbohydrates like a fat or a protein to slow down that drop. So when she's dropping that fast, that's when you notice you feel really hungry, you get tired, a headache, irritable, all of those types of things. So that's why you start the morning high, high protein, and it will kind of slow down that hunger feeling throughout the day. You're going to notice that you have a more level and, and can maintain a better blood sugar throughout the day. So I'd say fairly easy question, easy answer as far as kind of the advice I gave her. Um, We're going to go more into the foods that she should be eating. Um, I know my coworkers here kind of knock knock me a little bit on this one, but uh, I go with egg whites every morning. They don't like when I eat them here at work because they're a little little stinky, but um, egg whites are just straight protein. Um, You know, no fat in there. You can obviously try to fit in some type of sausage whether it's pork or turkey or you know whatever the the type of meat you want to choose bacon's not bad you could go with um I mean we could, it could be a small change is just switching up the type of oatmeal she has to one that's a, got a protein in it which is going to be about 12 to 14 grams of of protein in that oatmeal um that's substituted there but that I mean it's basic, it's boring, but we need to take sugar out of breakfast. Yeah. At least a, the good thing that she has is it's bound with fiber, which yes. is nice. So it's not going to spike her blood sugar too aggressively mm-hmm. as opposed to like if she was just eating like, 
I don't know, a donut, sugar based <laughs> thing like a Sour Patch Kid yeah. or something that's like super basic. So yes. that is helpful. But there is nothing more satiating than protein, and that's like lip service unless you've experienced it. But that's mm-hmm. like one of my like best. Like you ever have those days when you just feel like you're always like always hungry, always hungry. Like we all have those days when you just feel like you eat, 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 and you're still hungry. I often find that like if I just do a shake. And then I give myself like 20 minutes, it will subside. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not, again, we always want like when we do something to have an immediate feedback, like caffeine gives us energy, like, you know, whatever. Like, so we always want that. But protein blunting hunger response is as reliable as it gets. Like a big dose of protein, whether that's food or supplement based, Mm -hmm. is so effective at curbing hunger. Yeah. I mean, speaking from experience just last week. Um, my boyfriend and I finished our workout. We poured ourselves our our protein shakes. Look at you guys. And we were we were like hungry yeah. to the point where I was like, "There's a Waffle House down the road." <laughs> so we drink our protein shakes. We go we sit down at Waffle House, and I'm actually like, you know what? I'm actually not nearly as hungry as what I was as I'm like looking at the menu. And at this point, we're probably 20 minutes in to when we had drank our protein shakes and. I mean, just getting that protein really kind of curves that behavior and that thought yep. of, oh, I could eat three waffles right now. Typically, I can ha- I can really chow down on two. Mm-hmm. I only had one. Yeah. But, I mean, it, if, you, if you're kind of hesitant on this, I mean, give it a try. If you notice that you're hungry, go for a protein shake. And when we say protein shake, I'm not meaning let's get a smoothie in there and put all this crap in there. You can... But I want it to be something quick that you can grab right away, just a couple scoops of your protein powder with water. And and we're talking like this is high protein, low fat, low carb is yeah. what is what I'm referring to specifically when I say protein shake. I'm not talking, you know, yeah. a, a 500 calorie protein smoothie here. Some people need those. Yeah, that's fine. Those are actually really good for me. Yes, I like them too. Yeah. But that in this instance, what I'm talking about after the gym, sure. that's all it was to, to change my behavior. Yeah. One of the hidden benefits of it being in a shake form as opposed to like, you know, I just went and ate like six ounces of chicken. Well, obviously the palatability, like you don't want to sit down and eat chicken right yeah. after. Most of the time you don't have like a instant hunger response contrary to your story. Like, but um protein after um rapidly uptake it's also in a liquid form which is more filling you know what i'm saying so like oftentimes you'll hear people say the good advice is to like drink a glass of water mm-hmm. and then wait a little bit if you're hungry because we're our body's really bad at interpreting thirst and hunger separately oh, yeah so like drinking water but if you're going water you know mixed with protein powder you're kind of getting both simultaneously so you feel full mm-hmm. and your blood sugar is stable it's usually really effective yeah Oh, definitely. For sure. Cool. I mean, simple, simple question. Yeah. Um, but we're always going to lean on that protein. So, like, when in doubt, get protein. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to overeat protein. Yeah. I I would encourage you to try. Yes. You'd be happy you, with what it'd be, I mean, this this client. I'm you know I'm not trying to call her out or anything, but you know we've talked on the on the phone, um, because she's an online client fairly frequently and we always she said I'm always getting my protein in yep. but then when I had her start tracking I mean we there was a day in there where we were at 86 grams mm-hmm. of protein and for her goal specifically I mean she's crushed it 
She's she is pushed beyond the goals that we've had. But now I'm actually seeing some numbers and I'm like, wow, we could have maybe gotten here faster. We could have gotten here stronger. And now I I can't wait to see where now that we're measuring this protein, what it's going to actually do to further her her health like you know um when we do blood work and get those numbers like we're we're crossing so many t's with everything that she's doing and that was without measuring just being mindful and now that we're measuring and actually hitting the goal it's going to go even further yeah no doubt yeah okay all right your turn all right so i'm talking about rep ranges and how they relate to each goal that you might have within strength training so we mm. talk a lot about strength training and how it's good for you know i mean most things right but um, but within strength training as a portion of your training, you know, you have your cardio, your flexibility and mobility work, and then you have your strength training work. Within that strength training work, there's usually four things you can pursue at any given time. There being muscle endurance, muscle growth, strength, overall strength, or power. So when you're designing programs or you're laying out your own, you know, program for this, you kind of want to work in certain rep ranges to make sure you're targeting the goal that you want. So stronger is typically kind of like the overarching goal, but like it's, it's much more niche than that if you mm-hmm. really want to get into it. So you would start most programs and you will start higher rep and work lower over time. So if you're just starting, you're going to work in what's probably called the muscle endurance phase where you're working anywhere from 12 to 20 reps per mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. Higher if you want. I mean, I haven't really seen anybody go successfully over, you know, 12 or a series over 20, like for much. Um, maybe if it's like a core exercise or like if you're in good, pretty good shape, like body weight exercises might go above that. But you're usually using a lighter load, more reps. And the way you can tell if you're in that rep range is you're going to start to have kind of like a... <laughs> Usually a burning sensation isn't good in most areas of life. Mm-hmm. In your muscles during exercise... You're going to get a burning sensation once you work up into those higher reps. And that's kind of a way that you can start to tell. We've all experienced that, but that's the goal during muscle endurance training would be basically what happens is your body starts to produce lactate at a rate that it can't clear it. It's kind of your body um, going through anaerobic metabolism um, and that lactate is a byproduct of that metabolism and it'll start to cause like a burning sensation. And that's when your muscles actually start to fatigue as opposed to... So that's muscle endurance as opposed to cardiovascular endurance, commonly um, mis... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I kind of confused well, they, for yeah, one for the other. Exactly. Yeah, they, you think that they're the same, but they're not. Right. Very yeah. related because yes. so muscle endurance is your body's ability to process oxygen, turn it into energy, um, and fuel the muscle. The, the cardiovascular endurance is it's your heart's ability to pump oxygen out to the muscles so that yes. they can do... <clears throat> muscle endurance things so yeah. again, although very related, the heart helps right. with your muscular endurance there think of the muscle as its own specific yeah, it's muscle kind of, actually yeah. like it's its, it's own it's its own ecosystem yes. it's its own it's getting deliveries too yes it's getting oxygen deliveries on a regular basis god willing is your heart's working but um if your heart is able to pump enough oxygen in that means you have good cardiovascular endurance but then once it gets there it's like if you just ran uh, if you're a runner your whole life and then you started doing some upper body strength training, your cardiovascular system would be perfectly capable of supplying muscle, like oxygen to your arms, chest, and back, shoulders, all that stuff. However, your muscles in that area, those localized area through your upper body, might not be as good at processing and using that oxygen. Mm-hmm. 
you're still going to get a lot of anaerobic uh, metabolism and burning. So that's where you want to target there. So after you've completed, you know, you know, probably what, six to eight weeks in that range, anywhere from four to eight probably is your, is your block yeah. before you want to change mm-hmm. up your training program. Minimum four. Then you would go into your hypertrophy rep range. Hypertrophy is just a fancy word for muscle growth. And this is about your six to 12 range. You're feeling a lot of tension on the muscle. You're feeling like blood, you know, pooling in the muscle. You're feeling a pump, um, yeah. as you might hear. Um, but the goal there is to basically you're trying to keep that muscle under tension and cause a lot of little tears in the muscle, mm-hmm. which sounds bad, but that's the only way that your body gets that response to like, hey, we need to rebuild, regrow, and make this stronger yeah. over time. So you're causing a lot of those tears. So a lot of things like negative where you're – now we got a camera over here. You know, we yeah. have a bicep curl. You curl it up towards your body, and you slowly let it unwind mm-hmm. down, causes that little bit of tearing. That's what leaves you sore the next day. Soreness in a hypertrophy program is good news, is Mm -hmm. very good news. A lot of these other ones, soreness is kind of a byproduct. You don't necessarily, you could take it or leave it. It's not a good indicator of a good workout. Mm -hmm. Hypertrophy though, if your goal is to build muscle, I mean, soreness, I don't know that it's the greatest indicator, but it is valid. I mean, you do want little tears. Um, Mm -hmm. You do want little, um, basically you want inflammation. Every other, you know, you read in the news, inflammation's bad localized muscle inflammation as a result of the exercise is really good mm-hmm. and that's for the same reason we've talked about this before with like people that do cold plunges and cryotherapy you wouldn't do that right after a strength session targeting muscle growth because you it's like icing something to get the inflammation out you roll your ankle you ice it so the inflammation doesn't happen because mm-hmm. you don't want inflammation in a joint in this case you do want inflammation in a muscle so you're you're kind of letting that that inflammatory response do its work Tell the body that it needs to grow stronger. If you're doing body curls, arms grow. That's how it yep. works. Mm-hmm. Then you go down to two that are commonly confused as well. So you go down to strength, which is, you know, this is debatable probably once you get down to these rep ranges because there's different ways to train for it. But three to six um, is, you know, five by five is a common one for mm-hmm. strength rep ranges. Especially um, beginning strength. Yeah. Starting strength, yeah. yep. Um, but this, I mean, this is pretty pure what people think strength training is. It's... Uh, with good form and targeting the muscle that you want, what's the most weight you can move from point A to point B while completing the amount of reps that you've laid out before you? Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward, um, and that's kind of the glorious part about strength training is you can, I mean, again, with the right form, like, you know, if you're, you know, deadlifting and you just got straight legs and a rounded back, we probably need to lighten up so you can do it with good form. Mm-hmm. But it's just really as heavy as you can get it to be. Um, and again, you'll have deloads. You'll have like ways to you know layer your training. But at the end of the day, the goal is to move as much weight as you can when you're in a strength phase. It challenges your muscles. You know, it causes your tendons and ligaments to have to respond. You get you know strength more strength there from your connective tissue because they're having to adjust to handling heavier weights. So all yeah. those things are are beneficial there. And then you would drop down to power which is basically speed. So it's how fast can you express strength? So mm-hmm. I think the reason why this, we may have talked about this before and this is up your alley, but the reason why these two are confused is power lifting as yes. a term mm-hmm. is technically not power lifting. It's strength lifting. Yes. It's how much weight. No one cares in power lifting. If you can bench, you know, 500 pounds, they don't care if it takes you 10 minutes. I don't know. There's probably a time limit, but... <laughs> there, well, once you start, you have 
Until you can go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. if you're stalling too long and it's, like, going to be a danger to you, yeah. then they'll grab it. But, like... You couldn't do but, it anyways, Correct, probably. yes. But, yeah, you're you're completely right. It's in pa- If you think of power, think of, like, an explosive football player that needs to have speed yeah. and strength to I push, think, a you know, an opponent, right? Yeah. I think Where, of power as sprinter off the block. Yes. It's how quickly can you, you know, gun, gun sound, pop. You're off. Like, yep. how quickly can you get that muscle to fire? It's much more of a neuromuscular connection. And how can you tell your brain to fire that as fast as possible? Yep. I work in this world a lot for golf. Yes. Power. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't want to be big and strong for golf. You don't want you want your levers to be able to rotate around your body without too much mass in the way. But can you do it fast? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the game. Yeah. Whereas mine, the power, like again, it it doesn't take you. Like it doesn't matter how quickly I lift a deadlift. No. No. It probably helps you to have the bar moving faster, but that's yes. more of a um, consequence of the movement, that's not it, the you goal. Know, yeah, that's that's technique type of thing. Yeah. You know, we're talking like if I'm working pure strength, yep. my goal is to do that rep range, you yep. know, like you just mentioned, three to six times. The The set range will vary based on where a client is in the program. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, the goal is not how quickly can I lift no. this 300-pound deadlift, right? right? It's It's... Um, Does it go from point A to point B? Exactly. And then back down to point A. <laughs> yeah, with it in your hands. Yes. Unless you want to get red flagged. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, think about speed, speed and power. So um, speed and power are the same. Power is fast strength. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's, it's very speed dependent. So, you know, plyometrics, you know, jumping, those things are all power movements, not, you know, heavy, heavy deadlifts. Although... Again, having building an engine so that you can move fast is valuable. Like being strong can aid in power. All these things will feed into each other. But if you really want to get into the weeds and say, how would I train for my goal? Like if you're, you know, if you're, you know, a stay-at-home mom and you just want to, you know, lean up a little bit and do some strength training, like you don't need to start with strength and power stuff. You need to start 12 to 20 reps you know, three to four sets, like higher repetition, lower Mm -hmm. weight, start to feel where your body is, you know, ease yourself in, you know, those are the areas to go to. Like the point of this and laying this out is not to like overwhelm anybody with details, but just to show that there are different ways to attack this based on what Mm -hmm. you want. And oftentimes if you can know that you're targeting the right rep range, you're going to be more motivated to keep pushing because you're not like uncertain of whether or not Mm -hmm. this is going to work does it even matter that I'm doing this? Like you should be able to feel confident that I'm going in, I'm going to do this workout that relates to my goals and then I'm going to be done. And then I don't have to worry about it again. I don't have to second guess. Is it going to work? Do I need to do more? Should I have done less? Am I hurt? Like you should be able to go in, you know, if you're like, I want to grow muscle, I want to do six to 12 reps, three to four sets targeting these muscle groups that I want to work on. It should be just much a very, very common question just for yep. just general health. Yep. And um, just my general fitness clients too is why why do why do we always do twelve why are yep. we always doing ten well I mean the goal is just general health and fitness here yep. um, we can play around with tempo and the different weights and yep. are we still moving weights up and we'll do more sets sometimes we'll do less rest so things are changing but the thing is is their goal isn't isn't power lifting their goal yep. isn't sprinting their goal isn't to get on stage with a with a certain physique so general health yeah it, it might get boring when you're doing 
12 reps all the time. Yeah. But that's when you can change up different things. Yeah. Mess with the weights, the timing, the rest, make it a circuit, all of that type of thing. You're still going to achieve your goals sticking within those reps. That's where you lean on the trainers. Yeah. How do you change this up so that it's not boring? Because yeah. meat and potatoes wise, I'm sure we've talked about this a million times on this show, but it, it I mean, if it wasn't boring to everybody, I would have everybody come in you know, and do a upper body push, an upper body pull, mm-hmm. lower body push, lower body pull, core, maybe a rotation exercise and get them out of here. But you kind of have to, to make sure people stay engaged in the process. You have to give, you know, some different ways to do it. Single arm, you know, both arms, balance work, like just change things up to keep, you know, the mind engaged, mm-hmm. you know, um, with knowing that you don't want to go to too many frills. Like we don't want all like single leg curls on a yeah. bosu ball stuff. Like, those things have their place, but simplicity will get you where you want to go. It will, but will it keep your mind engaged? And that's mm-hmm. the balance, and that's the art of training. Of person, yeah, yeah, that's the art that keeps people engaged. Like the reason most people will pay for a trainer isn't because they don't know what to do; it's that they can't stick to this. It's too overwhelming to take all these asset or uh, all these aspects of fitness and put them into a language and a sentence that mm-hmm. they can read and, and execute during the day like yeah. most people know almost all of my clients know like they can go into a gym even before they met me go into a gym and have a really successful workout yeah but people know, know how to do bicep curls yeah it's yeah. not complicated but stuff for the most part like yes we have beginners yeah um and that's great we actually those are fun people to work with too yes. because you get quick results and that's mm-hmm. really rewarding um, because they haven't had any, um, previous training and that's response goes, but yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times that, uh, just keeping them accountable and doing these things on a regular basis Mm -hmm. is the game. Exactly. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fitness Unplugged. If you want us to answer your question, submit it on our social medias on Instagram, at Danny Duro and at UberFitIndy. And then don't forget, if you like this episode, please subscribe and share this one so we can help provide free health and wellness information to a bigger audience. Thanks again.